Hey guys, welcome back to Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm Janet. So we're on episode 12, and actually this is our last episode for season one. Wow, we made it through an entire season. Can't believe it. I know, it's crazy. We are here. Like, we've been working on this for about a year now. Yeah, definitely nine months this project has been cooking, and we've been pregnant with this project. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of pregnancies, (laughs) for our last episode, we want to talk about babies. Babies. Good transition, Mel. Thanks. <laughs> you know, as the baby of the group, I thought it's, it was fitting for me to introduce this topic. <laughs> so when you guys were growing up, did you ever, or I guess, do you fantasize about what your family will be like? Do you want kids? Do you want to be a stay-at-home wife? Do you not want that? All right. So for me, I definitely fantasized about, you know, having a baby and having a family, living in the suburbs with my two daughters. Mm-hmm. I wanted two girls. I still do. And just being a working mother because my mom was a working mom. And so I wanted the same thing that she had. Did you also grow up in the suburbs? I did. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. And Janet, I think the last episode you had said that you'd want to live in in the city. Yeah, I I think I fantasized growing up about like living in the city and working. And I didn't even really envision kids. And then when I started thinking about wanting children, I was still kind of opposed the idea of being a stay-at-home mom. But I actually was raised like my mom did stay at home and she gave up her career. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a lot of friends that uh, when I was growing up used to tell me that I was really lucky that I had like a full-time parent that was there. So that is something I consider more and more as I'm getting older. Like I I want to still continue a career and I think it's a great to set an example for your children to be like a working person. But also it's kind of nice that they have like a full support system at home at all times. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of, you know, back and forth with the idea. How are you? Helen? I grew up in a um, three-story apartment complex in the city, oh. and my family pretty much like took over that complex. So my family, me, my sister, and my mom and my dad, we were at, on the top floor, and then in the middle was one of my cousins, like their family, and then mm-hmm. the bottom floor was my also my other cousins, plus my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that is so really cool. Wow. You, you grew up around a lot of family in a big family setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It was a really good um, upbringing, I think. I mean, that's the only concept of, like, home that mm-hmm. I've ever known. Yeah. I do think, though, that when I have kids, I'd probably want to, want to like, live more in the suburbs. Do you want to be, like, a working mom, or do you see yourself staying at home? I for sure see myself as a working mom. <laughs> I do want to be a housewife, but only to the extent that my husband's going to be a house husband <laughs> I, I totally agree with that too i think the closer we are to getting to that place like that's something i i do think about a lot like having a partner that's going to share it more 50 50 with you mm-hmm. so if you're both working then you should both also be like splitting the house and and the kid child rearing process absolutely yeah that's super important so as long as he puts in the work then i'm going to put in the work too but it has to be effort on both sides do you want her how many kids do you want mm. <laughs> um i want two kids i know that's pretty like standard, standard of what people want <laughs> and i think it i mean it kind of makes sense just logistically yeah. when you're like going to disneyland or something like to have like one equal adult people hold one kid <laughs> yeah, and then also car seats and and all of that so and having even numbers is always easier i do think that three kids would be okay but then that might 
that that'd be like the most <laughs> yeah. that I want to have. I actually went through a period when I was younger that I really wanted a big family. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I want like seven kids oh my because gosh. I also spent a lot of time with cousins growing up, and I loved that feeling of the house being like lively cool. and always have people around. But then as you get older, you're like a uh, reality pushing out seven humans from my body (laughs) and then financially if you have like a nine person family how do you make that work the fantasy seems more attainable yeah reality not so much (laughs) for you ladies i grew up always wanting two girls do you guys have a certain Hmm. sex that you wanted for your baby growing up Mm. because i know okay granted all of us want like a healthy healthy child but i think if you had to choose or you had to, you had right, to, right. if you could have a gender preference. I grew up in a, well, it was just me and my sister. So our house was like super female dominated. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like for that reason, I fantasize a little bit about what it would be like to have sons. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I also don't want to be like, su- like really wanting one or the other because you can't control what happens <laughs> right. and then it would suck if you're like. That's true. You know? I grew up with one little brother, so I'm the oldest mm. and I was always envious of my friends who had sisters because like they were really oh, close okay. and you could share clothes and like yeah. there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> so a bond. Mel, Mel, if you had two boys, what would you do? Okay. Old me would have been like, oh shit. I don't know. <laughs> if I could, I just never it would be three against one in your household. <laughs> yeah. But then as I got like, as I'm getting older, like. I feel like sons, though, because I have friends who are boys. Yeah. And my boo has a brother, and his household is all boys and mm-hmm. one mom. They love the mom. Like, they take care of the mother. And, like, I feel like if you have boys, they're more, not more loving, but they're more, I guess they're more loving to the mom. There Some, is this, yeah, like the uh, daddy's girl and mama's boy kind of thing. So maybe, I don't so, yeah, know, maybe so there's a, something to that. I'm not opposed to having. Okay, but would you have more than two kids then? No. To try and get a girl. No, a I think I, for me, mm. add two, I'd be done. So number over gender. Totally. <laughs> I see. The reason why I wanted two girls also is um, I think a lot of my friends always say, I want a boy and a girl, which is yeah. valid. But they always say, I want the boy first because I want the boy to take care of the little one, the sister. Yeah. And I was like, the reason why I don't want that is because growing up, my best friend, she had an older brother and he was way overly protective mm-hmm. to the point where like he would yell at me and be like, you're a bad influence, you, wow. all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what's going on. And yeah. you're just inserting yourself into her life and you're not really being protective. You're being overbearing. I actually, my cousin and her husband want, they also, you know, boy, girl, but they wanted the reverse. So they want a daughter first and then a son. I mean, I'm biased because I'm the older daughter and my brother's the younger one. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> that's a great How is that dynamic? Like, Well, I, I think for me, it's like I'm protective in a more nurturing way to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I guess I'm, I'm more motherly. And you guys are only two years apart, right? No, we're six and a half. Duh. Oh, I didn't know yeah. you were that far apart. So yeah, so I'm 26. Okay. My brother's 19. Okay. I think that's also why maybe we work okay because yeah. we have a large age gap, actually. Yeah. That's okay. another question. How much time apart do you want between kids? Because some people will make the argument that you should have them closer together mm-hmm. so that you kind of, as a parent, go through the whole, like, infant thing only one time and then the, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, middle school years at one time. And then some people say you should spread it apart, even for, like, financial reasons, like college tuition, so you're not, mm. like, paying so much at one oh, time. Oh, yeah. True. That makes sense. Um, my sister and I are only two years apart. And Same I think yeah. when we were younger, that was one of the reasons why we'd fight so much. Mm. Oh, really? Especially in like high school, because I would be friends with her friends. And she'd be oh. so upset that I was <laughs> hanging out with her friends. And that was only because we were in the same school. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't mm. until like after college when we were more separated. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was actually studying abroad, that's when we started getting a lot closer. I'm mentally taking notes as you guys talk (laughs) about this, so I know what to expect. You guys 
think about the names for your kids or ever thought about what you're going to name your child? I really liked the name Amber for a really long time. Ooh. Amber? I can yeah. totally see you with a baby <laughs> named Amber. I also really liked uh, names that could be like gender neutral, mm. like like Samantha. She's a girl, but she could go by Sam for short. Oh. I like the name Jamie because of that reason too. Oh yeah, Jamie yeah. Joey. Girl. Oh Joey's nice. Yeah, is that a girl's name? Yeah, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I actually really like the name Daniel. I know it's so common. Damn. But Daniel just sounds like, because you have to think of a name that, okay, my child could like, as a child, it fits her, but when she grows up, she could also like. Oh, right. So it doesn't. Yeah. Because I have people tell me like, I'm not going to name my kid Zoe because. Yeah. Zoe. Oh, Zoe was another one I liked. Oh, really? Because it's just eccentric, but yes, I. I think very Janet-esque names. (laughs) Do I have the name Ingrid? You would be like Ingrid. Ingrid? Ingrid? That's like Hagrid. With an I. I feel like Hella would have a name like, I, I just picture you with boys and having like a really playful masculine name. What's a play, what, what would that be? Like Xander or something. <laughs> Xander. <laughs> Xander. Like Salamander. Actually, Xander is on the top 10, top 10 baby names for the year. Really? really? Do you look at that list like every year or? Well, I just happened to Google it one time during lunch. <laughs> Repeatedly every Wednesday. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I already know the two girl names. Go is, ahead. What's yours? Okay. So I actually like the name Olivia. Oh, okay. Oh, that's pretty. Olivia's like it's on the top thing too but yeah. also another popular name is Chloe Chloe's cute but, Chloe's nice but oh. everyone is named Chloe now I'm just I know. like damn mm-hmm. dude that's probably one of the more popular baby names right now huh yeah I'm not gonna Ooh, so I have let's see the top four baby names of 2017 girls Emma Emma's really popular yeah. Olivia yeah. oh Ava Ava I feel like I've Ava's heard nice. a couple of times oh, no. from other people Sophia uh for boys us. yeah a lot of us <laughs> boys Liam Oh, okay. nice. Do you ever think about like how are your parents gonna pronounce? The oh names? my god! Like Liam. Oh no, that's true. That's true for yeah for Chinese like the accent. What is the letters to avoid? R and S. Yeah. And three syllables. So. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I only know this because three I'm obsessed. Syllables. No, I only know this because my cousins. My uncle decided to name all his kids three syllable names because his last name was Chu, and he was like, "I need a a long. I need to compensate by having a long first name." <laughs> okay. He names the kids Alexandra, Christopher, and Zachary. Oh no, um, that's my, hard for my, the grandparents. Yeah. My grandma be like, "Chris, could he? Could it? Didi I just like say it in Chinese instead because she cannot pronounce it. So in my mind, I'm like, I need a name that's two syllables. So my parents could say it or my yeah. family can speak it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Because I just, my cousin just had a baby and her name is Alana and Beautiful. the L and they, oh, no one Alana. in the family. So they just call her Maymay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, how do they say Alana? Al- Alina. They get the A and the E mixed up a lot. And then the L gets challenging. Oh. Um, Isn't Helen a difficult name? Um, no, yeah, no. People just call me Moi Moi. <laughs> they don't even try. It's like, mm, No. So I think of, for me, like, I think of names for me currently is, like, I like the name Leah. Like, mm. oh, that's easy. Pretty, that's, pre- that's a pretty name. Oh, actually, I liked, I really like the name um, Leilana. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Well, I really like the name Lana. Sorry for all the Lanas out there. But then if you spell it backwards. Oh. <laughs> Lana? Wait, what? Spell it backwards spell in your Lana head. backwards. Oh. Anal. <laughs> but even you have to think of the spelling of your kid's name. Because, for example, like, I like the name Leah. But if I spell it L-E-A-H... Oh, I want to get Leia. Because yeah. freaking oh, kids yeah. are so I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I named my um, little cousin Deanna. Oh, it's a pretty, pretty name, but she like hates her name right oh. now. Only because she can't like find her name on keychains and things like that. Oh, so I that's see, also something to like. I can consider. never find my name on keychains. Melody? Yeah, only Melanie's there. Oh. oh. So I hate the Melanie's name Melanie sometimes because <laughs> it's, 
stupid name. <laughs> okay, so this is an ongoing joke with my friends. So my Chinese name is Teng Tuan Ting. That's hard to say. So if you're Mandarin, they're like, oh my god, you're a sinking boat? Oh. <laughs> I was like, you bitches. <laughs> what does yours actually mean in Mandarin? I have no idea, actually. Just your mom, so that you yeah. not, you don't keep thinking of yourself as, as a sinking, sinking boat. boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's forever ingrained. So my Chinese name is Msunga. So mine is supposed to mean like ladylike. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that's actually a funny thing is on my um, social security card and my birth certificate, my middle name is Sunga, but it's spelled S E E Y A H. See ya. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh my god, I have my driver's license looks like. They spelled it phonetically horribly, so it's Janet Ching Chong. Like this is the ultimate Dude. like it's literally Chen Chun Wang. And I'm like, that doesn't even know. Like Oh my god, god. that's pretty bad, dude. <laughs> so these are all things we have to think about when we're naming yeah, our kids. Yeah, both Chinese and English <laughs> names. So have do you guys have friends who have started having children now that we're you know, reaching the later half of our 20s and early 30s. Has a baby process started for her? <laughs> None of my close friends are, are pregnant. But I have some classmates in high school that are all, they all have kids now. And I'm just like, shit, I'm not there at all. <laughs> How about you, Janet? Uh, my cousin recently had a baby. She's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alana? So that's, yeah, so that's the closest person. Oh, no, no, I actually have another high school friend, but she's in Chicago now. So just this week I got a text with a, her baby arrived um but I definitely I'm going through the process now where a lot of my friends they got married the last like two or three years that was a wave of marriages and now they're talking about pregnancy mm-hmm. so some of them are on the path of like trying. Know, trying to get pregnant so um that's been an, an entire world to be exposed to that's been very different <laughs> so it's crazy because like that's like your new wave that's gonna happen yeah my wave is marriages mm-hmm. yeah but then, wait, Helen's sister just had a baby. She did. How is that? How does that feel to have like a nephew? Um, pretty amazing. Even though I'm far away, so she's in Boston. I'm in Los Angeles, but I Facetime him every day. Yeah, and screen cap it every day. <laughs> and you were actually in the delivery room. When I he was, was born. when that happened. Um, it's a crazy process. Like you, it's funny because when you watch movies and TV shows. It shows this like world where you have a baby, like you go in, you're like crying, screaming, you're about to have give birth, and then two minutes later, out pops the baby. Mm -hmm. Like, no, that's not the case. (laughs) And actually, for your first birth, I think it takes like 24 hours of labor before they actually come out. Yep. And the first um, birth is always the most difficult. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. But I was in the delivery room, and I was like backed up against the wall because I could not get myself to go down there and take a look at what was happening. So you didn't look? No, I didn't look. I was just like holding her hair because her husband was holding onto her hands. And I was just inc- being, throwing encouraging words out to her like, push, push, <laughs> just do Breathe. it. Yeah. You're the best. Was she crying as she was giving birth? No, she wasn't. I think at that point, like you're just trying your best to like use all of your energy to yeah. push that you can't even like have any other emotions. Yeah, it's crazy. Like all what all that stuff that comes out. It's yeah. like a human, like, volcanoes. <laughs> oh, my God. I definitely, yeah. I sat down with, because my cousin and I uh, are pretty close in age, so when she brought home the baby, I was like, 
but seriously, how was, like, how, how was, like, childbirth? She's like, you know, um, it, it, like, most of the pain is the contractions leading up to it, yeah. but then the actual labor, because they gave her an epidural, she didn't really feel anything. But at the same time, I think when you're getting closer to giving birth, actually giving birth, mm-hmm. when the baby's, I think, at, like, 10 centimeters dilated, when the baby's head is starting to crown, that's yeah. when you actually start pushing. But before then, the doctor tries to give you less epidural, which is, um, like, the medicine that goes into your back. And the spine, is, yeah. Right, oh. into your spine. Um, but they start um, taking some of that off because they mm. need you to feel to be able to push to be able to push. Yeah, yeah. So you Ooh. kind of feel a lot of it some towards pain. the yeah. end of it. Yeah, it's oh but she and she did say she's like it was the the labor part was the most painful thing that I've ever endured. But mm-hmm. after going through it, she said, you know, I kind of I do want a second. Mm-hmm. And really? I find that you get women who have either if they have a really bad experience, they might just be like, and I'm done with after one. Yeah. Yeah. I always um, wonder how it's like for the mother to be like, this is my, to see your child for the first time. Like even just you seeing like. That was such a cute, yeah. yeah. That was really cute. She was crying. Oh, really? She was very crying. Make sure you take your bra off beforehand. (laughs) Because I guess you're supposed to do like skin to skin right Uh, away. Oh, That's like very important. I had to learn that term in the delivery room. She was like, skin to skin, skin to skin. (laughs) Like what's going on? Here's my skin. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to like, help her rip off her bra while they're Dang. like about to give her the wow. baby and cutting the umbilical cord that's probably how it started too yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey wait so my question also is okay would you want your husband to be down there seeing all that stuff happening yes you better be there i'm pushing it out he better at least be able to look <laughs> but what if he's there like at the top half of your body supporting oh right her? that's true do you want if he's mean, in the delivery room but yeah. he's just not down there watching things blow up no yeah i just i would like him to be there I so think. you don't care if he doesn't want to see the baby coming out of your vagina i that's I'd how you prefer if he would but to helen's point then if he's there he's not next to you <laughs> so mm. i don't know that's true yeah, yeah. but wait. i mean my mom kicked my dad out of the door really <laughs> oh really because i think when you're in that moment it gets really stressful and if the guy isn't like supporting totally, like or he yeah. was like trying to help but she was like you're not helping get out there's also like towards the when the baby's about to come out they also have the husband usually like hold onto a leg. Yeah. Like a lot of oh, people have right, to hold right, right. up the legs so that they can actually push it out. Yeah. So that's the only point when he was down there. And then mm. at one point, the nurse is like, look, the baby's head is crowning. And he peeped down and he just had like, this, like, oh no, look at fear on his face. Like, I again. can't unsee that. <laughs> Shit. I feel like a lot of women would think about like, crap, if you see that, like granted, it's, it's the miracle of birth at your baby. Yeah. But you're like, would you still find me... Would you still want to go down there afterwards? For the men listeners, I'm curious from you guys. Like, do you want to be in the delivering room Mm. watching your baby come out? Or would you rather stand next to your your wife or your baby mama and not see that happen? Because I'm curious to hear, like, what you guys have to say about this. If you aren't, like, stretched enough. And that's also a point in time when your baby's coming out that it's not getting enough oxygen. Mm. So you can't leave him, like, in the middle trying to, like, get out. Um, it needs so, to happen quickly so right. So sometimes yeah. they come in and make an incision yep. so that you can actually tear. It's better for you. It, you heal more quickly. This is what I've learned. I don't know from experience. But you heal more quickly when you naturally tear. But mm. if they come in and they cut it, <laughs> that takes a lot longer. Right. To, oh my to God, heal. I'm just kind of horrified right now. <laughs> and the thing and is that when at that point, you don't have your epidural like really running. So you oh. feel... I remember when they cut... My sister was like, ow, <gasps> the fuck? Oh, they, they, they go inside your vagina and no, cut, no, they cut oh, the outside. Yeah. Oh, so oh my God. And then, no. and then they will sew it back up. They'll sew it back oh. up after. Oh my God. I'm, 
whoa. I mean, there's, yeah. been, no, there's like a new, I don't know if it's a new trend, but it's a, um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's for women to like tighten their vaginas. Have you guys heard of that procedure? Or? It's called um, not having sex for five years. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. Uh, well, there's Kegel exercises where they say to help you with like general female health, but also for some women like to tighten up the... I don't know what the procedure is, but oh. I feel like I, yeah. No, no one else is like a medical done. procedure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like how you do like breast implants or like a facelift. Like mm. you can also tighten things up down there. Mm. Interesting. That makes sense. I, I can't. I, I wonder what it's like to um, cut your vagina. No, or just like oh. what it's like afterwards. You know, what does it look like, or how does it heal up? We should ask your sister. Does it feel the same. I think different I, women. I'm gonna ask her these questions. <laughs> All right, Annie, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, different women have different experiences. I think because I. I feel like, I mean, some people, if you think about their kids, they had to have started having sex like within a two month, two or three month period if their kids mm, are like only true. a year-ish true. apart. Yeah. So I think it depends, you know, mm-hmm. depends on the birth, depends on the woman. How much you tear. Yeah. So one thing about birth that I didn't know is that it's painful, the contractions are painful, but it's when you're about, like just about to give birth that you feel like all this pressure I had never heard of pressure before as yeah. like the most difficult part, but my sister was like, I need to take a big dump. And that's a feeling that you have for two hours before you actually start pushing. Mm. And they can't give you any medicine for it. It's just the feeling of pressure mm. and just needing to like push something shit. out. But you can't push until the baby's ready to come out. So you got to hold it. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's like while she's dilating before yeah. she reaches the peak dilation point mm-hmm. and the baby is now at the, that makes sense. Cause it's like going down. There's so much the, pressure that's yeah, pushing yeah. the baby down. Yeah. Oh so that's God. something that I did not know because she was crying over that, but not the contractions because yeah, epidural yeah. like fixes that or um, cures that part of the pain, but it doesn't cure the pressure part. So I'm like slightly horrified. Mel is turning really red. <laughs> like, I'm getting really fidgety. Here I am like fantasizing about this, like being pregnant. She's sitting like, there in her like, white picket it. house fence with a baby in each arm. <laughs> she wants the movie magic. <laughs> Holy shit. Literally. <laughs> Dude, I don't like... I, it's crazy because like none of us experience this. I'm just even hearing about like your like experience being with your sister who is pregnant. I'm like, holy shit. Like that's crazy. Uh, Yeah. There was also, it's also very scary because there was one point when the epidural got clogged. And Mm. so the anesthesiologist came in and like for some reason unclogged it, but then up the dosage. So she got way more than she should have had. And she was like in and out. She was starting to faint. Her blood pressure just dropped really low. And then the baby's heart rate was like super volatile. It was going from like... 100 oh, sorry like 20 to like 200 oh and it should have been around like 150 the whole time so all these doctors came rushing in yeah. and it was like a really scary point That's so it's crazy. really scary man actually makes me really want to bring we need to bring on a mother guest for next season because i mm-hmm. want to hear from her experience like how is it like for you to feel like your freaking baby's like heart rate is like you know contrasting yeah. Yeah. and all this stuff yeah. yeah man stuff that no one talks about but very real life yeah i'm so shocked <laughs> we're educating mel and her <laughs> fantasies <laughs> reality check right yeah. freaking right now i know we feel like having kids is a little bit out in the future yeah. but um you know like the the body that you're going to be growing a child in like however you're treating your body at a given point like in the or like right now well, right now, or just like, you know, even I think like two to three years before you get pregnant, like that is, that's a state of, you know, how you're going to be housing a human. 
so do you think about like how drastic your life might need to change or how you treat your body? Oh my <laughs> God, that seems so far away. I know, because like right now, honestly, I'm hungover as shit. <laughs> I cannot be a good mom or house anything right now. Except water. Yeah, because it's not even... I think a lot of <laughs> women, um, as they get closer, they, they they get kind of, you know, freaked out. That, oh, my God, I can't, like, drink for an entire year. And I can't, like, eat sushi or, like, uh, deli meats and that kind of stuff. But even, like, for a year or two before you get pregnant, whatever you're doing to your body, like, you know... Is that... Mm, that's true. I guess I didn't think about that. I could totally see you two being, like, very, like, health conscious and, like, being those pregnant workout moms or something or in the gym and, like, that's on the couch. That's another thing they say, um, like, being... Because, like... You, if you haven't been active up till pregnancy, you don't, like the doctors will tell you to not really uh, strain yourself, right, for the sake mm-hmm. of the child. But if you've been working out before and you were, like, are pretty physically active, then you can kind of maintain that mm-hmm. activity. And I feel like that generally also helps you feel more comfortable during pregnancy. Yeah, I, I heard that if you're active, then yeah. pregnancy is actually a lot easier. Yeah. Because there's a lot of just, like, stamina. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, stamina and also just strength and, like, pushing. Totally, time. yeah. Oh, you're gonna be some strong ass pregnant woman. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be that girl with like a like a fridge of pickles or something because like I can't move. Like I'm I'm not gonna be able to move when I'm pregnant. Well, have you guys been thinking about it more so? Because you know, I mean, I I'm still pretty far from that. I think I don't you have went a date. On a date, yeah. Last <laughs> you went a date, week. yeah. I be a baby in two three years. <laughs> um, I think I think about it more just because. A little bit more, just because my sister had a baby. Yeah. So just seeing her go through that process. But it's, like, so scary just thinking about, like, postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. Those, you know, things that people actually don't talk about too much. Mm -hmm. But when you have a baby, all the hormones that were, like, in your placenta, I think it's where it's Mm -hmm. located. I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that comes out. And so, like, if you imagine just all these hormones coming out of your body over the course of, like, a couple of minutes. Yeah. Then all your emotions are going to be... Like all over roller coastering. Yeah. Speaking of placenta, I happened to ha- watch an episode to keep up with the Kardashians. Sorry, they were eat, they um oh, they eat their placenta like or something like <laughs> I don't know why they did that. It's supposed to be I think it's like a it's a very high amount of nutrition or like vitamins or something. Okay, so would you eat your placenta? I mean, not like straight from the womb, but like yeah, drill it like, up with some lemon. But I think we don't do don't they take it in pill form or so is I'm, it? I'm looking this up now. Um, people who support eating the placenta say that it can raise your energy and breast mm. milk quantity. Oh, they also say, ooh, that's actually another thing that um, I want to bring up. Breastfeeding. Yeah. So they also say that it can level off your hormones, lowering your chances of postpartum depression and insomnia. Because oh. eat our placenta, yeah. ladies. <laughs> I would eat it if my husband eats the placenta too. Wait, but that's like taking your share because you want, it's like helping uh, you. Yeah, right? So if he's eating it, then you have less. I'd want him to like take a taste of it. <laughs> eat my placenta. There has to be placenta like- recipes. <laughs> so one thing I did want to bring up is like breastfeeding mm-hmm. is actually, so I guess it depends on the woman, right? right? But my sister, after she had given birth, she didn't have enough milk in her body. Oh, and I think no. all women just kind of assume that your baby's going to latch on yeah. and start drinking right away. Um, so, like, the night that she brought him home, we saw that his his lips were super dry. And we're like, oh, what's going on? Like, we don't really understand. Like, And he's crying constantly for, like, five hours at a time. They brought him into the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, and they were saying that the baby wasn't was dehydrated. Oh, he wow. didn't have enough breast breast mm. milk, and so 
the hospital should have given him formula along with her breast milk so that he's getting enough food. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like just so scary to think that yeah. as a mom, like you don't know these things. Right, right. And it's not until you experience like he's in the emergency care right after getting out of the hospital, going Aww, straight back in. Baby. So and my sister was just like crying the whole time, Aww. thinking that she's like a bad mom, but she's a great mom. Aww. She's she's amazing. Scary stuff. Yeah. Is there what scares you guys the most about having children? Like out of everything, the process, like pregnancy, labor pregnancy. and delivery. The cutting of the vagina now. <laughs> you guys like, oh, like scare the shit out of me with that. I'm a little scared of the pregnancy process. Because I feel like I've heard people who Like getting really... pregnant or like... No. <laughs> <laughs> Not scared of that part. <laughs> but like I've heard some women have really good experiences. Like they don't really have a lot of morning sickness. Mm. And then I've also met women who like were like bedridden and like yeah. throwing up constantly. And it's nine months. Nine months if you're like, if, you know, it's uncomfortable, like, I don't know, that kind of, that scares me a little bit. <laughs> I think I'm going to be that bedridden pregnant woman because I always, I already get nauseous just driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she That's because you're hungover. That's a little different though. <laughs> uh, no, but in general, I have really bad motion sickness. I just think Oh, I, you do? You get I just sick easily. Yeah, yeah. so I get nauseous easily. So like when I have a baby, I'm like, shit, I'm going to mm. be that person. Also, you should just get pregnant at the same time. <laughs> And see what type of pregnant woman we are. And share on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Season two. No, I'm just kidding. We could <laughs> rest our mics well. We could rest our mics on our belly. Stop. <laughs> and then it kicks and it falls off. Sure. <laughs> we can tell them, yeah. So we've been talking a lot about kids, but at the same time, we know that we don't really want kids at this point at of the moment, in our definitely life. Definitely not. On the topic of that... A lot of us are possibly on the pill or we're using some sort of a method to um, avoid pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But since we are all three sexually active, has anyone ever had a pregnancy scare? Not recently because you have to have, be having sex to have a pregnancy <laughs> scare. But, <laughs> but yeah, in the past, I've had a, a couple times where I've uh, taken a pregnancy test and then, you know, pleasantly relieved. <laughs> I feel like it sucks to be a woman and to have a pregnancy scare mm-hmm. and to not involve the... Or, like, if the guy is not someone that you feel comfortable involving. Oof. Wait, is that what happened? Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> really? <laughs> or, I mean, it was, like, someone that I was maybe casually seeing. So I was like, I really don't want to have this conversation with them. Mm-hmm. But the, like, 20 minutes that it takes for you to be going to the drugstore and getting the test for yourself and then taking the test and getting the results, you're just like... Oh my god! All the like worst case scenarios are running through right. your head, especially because you have to keep it internal because you don't have anyone to talk to about yes, it. Yes, exactly. So that's never fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, have you guys ever taken a pregnancy test? Yes. Okay, so I'm a really paranoid person, and actually, when I first started having sex, that's when I I thought I was pregnant. Mm. But then I literally, so I was actually really young. Um, I was 16. Wow. When I, and I had my pregnancy scare. Oh my gosh. Honestly, nothing really happened. Like, it wasn't like... I was just yeah. really paranoid, so I what, took... What, can I ask what led to that scare? Were you using a condom? No. I was on birth control. Mm, okay. But I think back then... Like, it wasn't like I missed my period. It was like, I think maybe pre-com slipped in or something. Like, yeah, something yeah, so yeah, lame, yeah. right? And yep. so I went to... I took a pregnancy test, and I got to the point where I didn't believe the test. I told my mom. Mm-hmm. And I told her... I need to check if I'm pregnant. Oh my gosh! Imagine your 16 year old daughter. Oh, I was like 18. Okay. Maybe. But Have then, you guys, well, did you know about Plan B at the time? Yes, but I didn't want it. To, I don't know why I didn't want to take it. 
But then it, like, it can really mess up with your hormones. Yeah. And your, your but rather yeah. just get a result saying you're not pregnant versus I'm going to mm. take this for, yeah, yeah, yeah. to prevent or whatever. Right. So my mom took me to the doctors. We got my blood checked and I wasn't pregnant. This all started, started with just pre-cum. <laughs> I think the topic of babies is something we kind of fantasize growing up and then now that we're at this age now where our friends are actually having babies it's kind of crazy to hear their experiences but obviously you know we're not mothers we're right. not pregnant women um i think you know we have a lot to learn about this and i think next season we could bring on a mom who's been going through this to get their feedback on this yeah this is fun for us to just kind of like talk about and fantasize and hopefully some of our listeners who are much younger maybe and you don't quite have friends yet who are friends or siblings who are having babies you can kind of relate to some of this discussion and hopefully you learned a thing or two that didn't scare you from having yeah. babies <laughs> and if, if, if it did it's okay because i am scared of having my vagina snipped now <laughs> during pregnancy all right so i guess this wraps up episode 12 our last episode for season one mm. it's freaking crazy to know that this is like we're we're done yeah yeah i can't believe we've done 12 recordings and 12 rounds of editing but just crazy i feel like when we started it we had no expectations as to what the result of this podcast is going to be right so reading like your comments or just seeing you guys like our photos on instagram it's 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 so humbling but it's also really rewarding for us because yeah. we didn't expect this kind of re- like response yeah mm-hmm. receptivity for sure i think i mean getting some emails from people where you're writing paragraphs to us and really like sharing uh your stories um out of listening to us i think for me that's been really rewarding and a super pleasant surprise mm-hmm. yeah and I think for us also, we started this just to have a voice out there, more as like a side, fun side project. Mm-hmm, yeah. But seeing the responses in the comments and how people relate to us make us feel like, you know, this is something that we're doing right. Um, and for us to be also able to relate to other people mm-hmm. as normal nine to five, five to nine hustling, yeah. working women. Another thing I'm actually curious about, because we talked about this outside, was how are people finding our podcast? Because I, it kind of blows my mind, like, wait, yeah. how, did, how did you find this in Australia or New Zealand? Yeah, during the holiday break, if you guys can maybe message us and let us know, uh, if you remember, like, how you discovered us, we, we would really love to, to, to find out. That. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me personally, this experience of creating a podcast, um, you know, for women, but specifically with an Asian American perspective, um, it's really challenged um, challenged me in having to... Uh, get more clear about my personal cultural cu- cultural identity. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been a very rewarding process. I was thinking, I was talking about this with my boo. Um, after I think after leaving, like not working in YouTube as much anymore, and I felt that I was missing out on something. And I think I always wanted to create mm-hmm. something out of nothing. And for me, this podcast was that next yeah. step for me. And you know, working that nine to five job, you don't really have time to do things that you really want to do anymore. And so for this. For me, it means a lot to like, create something again. Yeah. And since we're all sharing our stories here, <laughs> for me, <laughs> um, I mean, I work in a job that has no real creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And other than like Facebook, Zanga, Instagram, those were my only creative outlets. So I think this was the first time venturing into something that had a little bit more of an impact. Um, and I think the outcome has been as rewarding as people in the creative industry do say it is. Yeah. So... I think one thing that we also wanted to bring up is that when we first started 
this podcast, it was not easy. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. We would sit around at a table um, and drink, like, bottles of wine. And then realize and... we just sound like a bunch of drunk girls. Yeah. So. <laughs> but we needed that, like, liquid courage to try and get it out. But once we start listening back, we're like, oh, okay, we don't want to come yeah. off sloppy like this. Do you guys remember how many hours of meetings we had even before recording just to try to understand, like, what are we trying to do? What should we call this? Like, how are we going to work this into our schedule? And then not even mentioning, like, the first episode, it took us, what, like, four? Recordings. Four recordings. Like, that's, like, four separate times where mm-hmm. we got together and met up and actively tried to do a recording and realized, oh, my God, this is not something we want to put out into the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's crazy because, like, even that part, like, that's not even talking about editing. Like, that's something we had to learn on our own, too. Right. Thank you to Phil. Thanks to our <laughs> I don't producers know, are you helpers. Are you okay your name? No. Thanks to our producers and helpers. I think the hardest thing with with starting the podcast is like it's a running train right it's something right. that like how do you keep this going when we don't have our full-time jobs yeah right. i think that was something that was really scary is like uh fine it was hard enough to just get one episode done but then it's like when you put that out you've committed to publishing something either weekly or bi-weekly and we went back and forth the scheduling too right we're like mm-hmm. maybe we should just do two episodes a month because it's like a lot to to try to commit to one weekly but we uh, pushed a little bit harder and then we made it through. I don't kind of know how we did it, actually. I'm not going to lie. Like, I had breakdowns. I would text you guys and be like, I, even in the beginning, I said, I'm so nervous because I feel like, what if I'm not, this is not good enough to represent mm-hmm. these women. Right. Like, right. I don't want to do a bad job. Right. right and yeah. that pressure of like saying, like, crap, I know this, we're doing this for fun, but like, People are going to hear us and be like, what the fuck is this? Right. Yeah. We definitely pushed off our like release date, launch date. So much. So times. many <laughs> times. But I think it has been really helpful to have a supportive team mm-hmm. and you two yeah. ladies who are super flexible. Like whenever things come up, we're able to move things around and kind of be there for each other when yeah. we have those like mental breakdowns. And it's not easy to, you know, have all of our schedules align and record and edit and come up plan and organize and all of that. So it was definitely something that we learned along the way. Um, And even like speaking into a mic is not as easy as it might sound. Totally. We talk off mic very easily all the time. And then you put a mic in front of us and it's kind of like, what were we saying again? I think one thing that we realized is this whole podcast, like this process or just running a podcast is really foreign to us mm-hmm. right you know and it's not as simple as you say putting a mic in front of us no it's like developing a schedule developing editing skills developing public speaking right. skills social media skills all these things we had to learn and we're still learning and we're trying to get better and we want to get better especially for the next season i know we've re- received a lot of comments from people saying they want us to dive deeper into topics developing it a bit more having longer than 25 minute podcast yeah <laughs> Having guests on our show, that's something we definitely plan to have for season two as well. Um, So we really appreciate you guys writing in any of your thoughts because we do read everything and we are going to actively try to make things um, better in season two. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to season one. We hope you have an amazing holiday season. Spend lots of uh, time with family and friends. And we'll be back with season two in January of 2018. In the meanwhile, we'll keep updating our social and connecting with you guys. So so send us your messages and look forward to interacting with you guys. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.